0: Everyone, I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, please. And on today's episode, we're talking about the best TV friendships. Who's
1: that girl?
0: Who's that girl? 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 It's just I'm gonna start with one that I know you won't have because it's a show you haven't seen much of. And it's Jerry and George from Seinfeld. Oh, that's cute. The show tried to paint the characters of Seinfeld as selfish villains, which I think is such a negative way to see them. People might not see them as good friends because they think they are they don't care about anybody, but Jerry and George care about each other. They've been friends since they were kids. And even if they have shit to say about everybody else, they usually don't about each other they have each other's back and they talk about life all the time every little minutia they ever go there's nothing they don't say to each other and they give each other just enough guff but also real advice a lot of times and i like that they are very open with each other They don't keep secrets. There's no secret keeping on Seinfeld, whether it be that the coffee guy screwed him over or that somebody went on a date with he liked or didn't like. And they give each other advice and it's usually painted as funny, but I think they're truly good friends.
2: Let me ask you something. What do you
1: think of this shirt?
2: It's nice. Jerry said he didn't like it. I didn't say I didn't like it. I said it was okay. Oh, you said you didn't like it. Oh, well, so what if I don't like it? Is that like the end of the world or something? So how did you two meet? Oh, actually, we met in the gym locker room. Yeah. Actually, it was in gym class. I I was trying to climb the ropes, and uh, Jerry was spotting me. And uh, I kept slipping and burning my thighs. And then finally I slipped and I fell on Jerry's head. (laughs) even close ever since
1: so i'll start with a couple that we already kind of talked about which is meredith and christina i have them on my list they were the first ones i wrote down they're the epitome of a tv friendship they really are
0: they're the tv friendship i mean just based on the phrase you're my person came from that show and that they're talking about each other i mean that's really permeated
1: Beyond. So much so that that I actually forgot yeah. they were the first to say that.
2: Anyway, I put your name down. That's why I told you I'm pregnant. You're my person. I am. Yeah, you are.
0: Whatever. Whatever. It's far beyond grace. People say that to one another without knowing it's really... Entered the zeitgeist from Grays and it's about them. And that's really true of them.
1: I miss them together. I know. I haven't watched most of this recent season of Grays, as you know, because yeah. it got so horrible. But blame you. in frequent years, the few times where Meredith is supposed to be on the phone with Christina or texting with her or whatever, it always really hits me in the heart
2: because i think it's important to take the time to tell the people you love how much you love them while they can hear you i love you christine you have changed Hmm, maybe i have but i'm gonna hug you
0: my next one is a trio because I couldn't decide which of them I liked their friendship the best. So I, well, went I with, can guarantee you, I have them on my list. I went with Rachel, Phoebe, and Monica.
1: <gasps> that's not the trio I thought you were going to say. Who did you think I was going to say? I'm not going to tell you because I'll oh, talk about them next. Oh, my God. So I couldn't
0: decide which of the pair of the ladies I liked best, their friendship, because I, I think they're best when all three are together. Because I think the obvious choice might be Rachel and Monica, since they lived together for so long and the whole show was sort of founded on Monica taking Rachel in. But I think Phoebe is just as important
1: As soon as you mentioned them, the first picture that came into my mind was when Rachel and Monica are fighting and slapping each other. And Phoebe takes them both by the ears. yes. yes. It's such a good visual representation of, of the three of them. The other episode that
0: really sticks out, which actually is one where they're fighting, but I love the one where they get into the conversation about if they were gay, who they would date and Phoebe says Rachel and the other two girls don't say anybody and then they get into a whole fight about why Rachel why Phoebe would date Rachel and what their qualities that they like about each other are. If you had to pick one of us to date who would it be? I don't know.
1: Me neither. Rachel. (laughs) Rachel. (laughs) How she says
0: that Rachel's a pushover and that Monica's too controlling and (laughs) they just get it. The whole episode is them fighting, but it's so funny. I think that they're like sisters. They fight like sisters, but they love each other like sisters too.
1: Yeah. Who did you think I was going to say? Well, actually, let's put that on pause because since we're already talking about friends, I'll tell you my pick, which was Joey and Chandler. I think they're the best friend duo on Friends. Yeah. If you had to pick two friends, it's Joey and Chandler. You know what I really, what really stands out to me about their friendship that I love is how well they really, really take care of each other. They do. Even when when Joey didn't have health, I think it was when Joey didn't have health insurance or I don't remember what the reason was, but he needed money and he wouldn't take money from Chandler. Oh, it was when
0: Chandler was moving out and Joey was going to be living by himself. And they is that way. Are you talking about when they play cups?
1: <laughs> yeah, like Chandler, yeah, like Chandler makes up the game.
0: Yes, he play makes and, up the game cups. <laughs>
1: yeah, and as as it goes on, he thinks of like new rules to make up for yes. why he's losing so he can give Joey that money. Yeah. I love at the end of that episode when
0: they have, when Joey figures out that that's what Chandler was doing and and they have, at first he's like mad that he tried to give him money when he specifically asked him not to, but then they get to the heart of it and, and Joey says,
2: Now out of the blue, you'd start with the charity thing again. I'm just trying to help you out, okay? I want to make sure that you're okay. I will be okay. Look, Chandler, you got to get it out of your head that I can't take care of myself. Okay? Look, I'm not going to miss you helping me out with money. The only thing that I'm going to miss is you.
0: They're so sweet. I that's a great episode when when the last night that that that's what that one's called. And I loved what the girls are doing too that right, they're again fighting. It's funny because I see their biggest exempt examples of friendship when they fight because it's the way they fight it's always over it gets so ridiculous so quickly like the girls are fighting because rachel hasn't packed they start by bringing up memories but then they end up dis- disagreeing about something and then they're fighting i could just picture rachel's got a box in her hand she's running around the kitchen table trying to shove things in the box she's like hey how are you guys doing great monica's moving And they soften and they talk about what they love about living with each other and what they're gonna miss. They fight hard and they love hard.
2: When I told her that I was gonna be moving in with Chandler, she was really supportive. You were so great. You made it so easy.
0: And now you have to leave. And I have to live with a boy! My next pick,
1: Nick and Schmidt from New Girl. That's my trio. Nick, Nick, Schmidt, Schmidt, and Winston. Winston. I I know that Nick and Schmidt are closer than Schmidt and Winston or Nick and Winston, but it didn't feel right to not have Winston included in the mix. Even in interactions where it's just Nick and Schmidt, like Winston's energy is like always (laughs) present. Like they wouldn't have as many funny and great things that they have if it weren't for Winston. So I, I think he has to be included. That's very true.
0: And as the show goes on, they are as less and less where they're separated. It's yeah. mostly that they're all together all the time, but <laughs> why I just picked Schmidt and Nick. I mean, they are truly perfect for each other. They're just the right of balance. Nick is such a disaster for so much of it. And Schmidt loves to take care of him and to do things for him and try and control him. But he can't be controlled. And they're such a I can I always think of one of my favorite scenes with them is when they go into business together towards the end. And they're trying to give the presentation about the swoot, I think, is what they're presenting on. And, and our pitch meeting with Lori is Friday, Friday. <laughs> You never told me
2: Friday. He never told, told you a told- hundred t- times it was on Friday. That sounds like it could be right. Yeah. Could be Friday. I now think- we need another good idea. Four days. Uh, I can't work under pressure like this. You know that I get nervous. I am just a man. I am not a god. Uh, I think we're all aware of that. Why are you talking like that?
0: What? We're all aware of that.
1: Guys, stop fighting. You're upsetting
0: Winston. Schmidt like we've talked about many times on this show, just loves so openly Nick from the beginning. He learns to love everybody in that same way, but Nick was like his first love.
1: And I think Nick, if it weren't for Schmidt, I mean, a lot of the reason why Nick grows and develops is because of his friendship with Jess as well. But I think if it weren't for Schmidt, Schmidt's love for Nick is so intense and so unconditional that Nick almost at one, some point has no choice but to start opening up and receiving that love and giving it back.
0: That is so true. I can think of the episode where Schmidt buys Nick a cookie because he was thinking about him. And- yeah, I was thinking about you. What do you mean you were thinking about me? What do you mean? I don't know. I was thinking
2: about you. Think about you a lot, bro. why i don't know because you're my friend you're on my mind but do you not think about me
1: of course not
0: but then as the episode goes on schmidt like nick realizes that he really hurt schmidt's feelings by saying that and that he sees how much he loves him and that he's gotta do better to make it apparent that he loves him too
1: I saw uh, John Mayer posted something the other day on Insta stories about Andy Cohen. Uh And because I don't know if you know, they're really close friends. I don't think I did know that. And he said something about, you know, how thankful he is for their friendship and how Andy has made him a better person, a more thoughtful, kind And loving friend. He's taught him how to be more consistent and to check in more. And it's so, so sweet because I love both of them so much and I love their friendship. Mm -hmm. And it actually, as you were talking about, Nick and Schmidt reminds me, reminded me of that a little. That is so cute.
0: Because even if Nick didn't want to accept it, Schmidt was giving it to him anyway. But even think, like, I love when Nick pretends to be um shoot who does he pretend to be um michael keaton is that who it is <laughs> michael keaton when he writes that. him the fake hang on i think it's keaton <laughs> oh. he writes him the fake yes. letters yes and nick takes that very seriously and he knows how important that is to schmidt and it really helped him and then when jess almost messes it up nick like freaks out he's like you-
2: what did you do just a good damn day."
0: I just got Schmidt to not come to the party. Keaton hasn't written Schmidt in three years. We
2: have no idea how Schmidt is going to react. If Schmidt finds out Keaton isn't real, it'll destroy the entire life he has built around him. We are talking about a Truman Show situation.
0: It's such a moment where Nick really shows up for Schmidt. Because he's really trying to to help him in any way that he can. And he knows how important that is to him. And when Jess almost messes it up.
1: Will you help me articulate how like Winston is an important part of them yes. because I know that he is, but I can't oh, think of I, a, how, like how to explain it.
0: If I had to pick a moment where Winston really becomes like integral to, to Nick and Schmidt is in that episode where Jess and Nick first get together after Cece's almost wedding and Schmidt and Winston are forced together and Winston's doing the puzzle the whole episode. <laughs> In fact, they call it out. Schmidt says to him...
2: This leaves us with one choice. To become best friends. Yeah, fine. Okay, great. Now, as my best friend, I expect you to... Be willing to sacrifice everything for me. At a moment's notice. Including, of course, unfortunately for you, your dignity. Yeah, fine. Winston, what can I do for you? Don't talk to me that much. Never lie to me and never ever touch my puzzle
0: but again he's sucked in because he gets involved in the stuff with Cece because it's the whole schmidt has to decide whether or not he's going to be with Cece or with elizabeth and so winston gets wrapped up in the lie and then he realizes that he's got to help schmidt out of this and it's it's really in that moment that winston really becomes as involved in all the
1: shenanigans is that the one where Schmidt ends up yelling at Winston because Winston says something like, he's doing the puzzle and he says like.
2: Hey, Schmidt, what do you think it's going to look like? What do I think it's going to look like? Yeah, the puzzle. Winston, it's on the box. The, the picture's on the box. It's a Japanese garden. Schmidt, calm down. What it? Terrible is at puzzles. Worst I've ever seen by a mile. What are you, fly vision? Look at this puzzle. It's ages six and up. You are up, Winston. You are way up. You want to say that to my face? This is a corner piece, Winston. How do you not see that? What are you, blind? I'm so sorry. Actually, a blind man could feel the smooth edges
1: of a corner piece.
0: My next pick is something I've already sort of articulated to you, and it's Carrie and Samantha.
1: Interesting. I have Carrie with someone else.
0: Until I'm guessing it's Miranda.
1: hmm. I know that's the more obvious choice. I also feel like this is a very us thing for you to have chosen that one and me to have chosen this one. I would like to make a
0: case that that Samantha is a better friend to Carrie than Miranda. I think Miranda has a tendency to... Um, I know she's coming from a place of love for Carrie, but sometimes it comes off as so judgmental that Carrie can't even come to Miranda with an issue. And when that's the case, she will go to Samantha. Because she knows that no matter what she says to Samantha, she's not going to run from her or judge her or say something harmful that like about what she's doing. Samantha will just sort of listen. And Samantha is who Carrie tells when she's having the affair with big. And I think it's because she knows that Samantha will really be the only one to not be like, how could you do that? But more just like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, why is that going on? And less about, criticizing what she's doing and more just hearing what's going on and trying to be there for her for what she's sort of needing in the moment.
1: Yeah. I think Samantha is definitely the safest choice to bring that information to first. It's like, uh-huh. if you need to get your foot in the door yeah. of having the, that conversation with your friend. Samantha is the first logical choice because mm-hmm. she knows she's not going to be judged. I agree. And Miranda can be judgmental. However, Miranda also gives her really tough, steady love that Samantha maybe isn't able to give her. Mm. Um, But what I will say is that Carrie, I think is probably a better friend to Samantha than she is to Miranda. Carrie in general is not the greatest of friends. Yeah. She's like a, she's a little uh, self-centered maybe, but uh, like I'm thinking of the episode where Samantha is really sick. Remember she Samantha just says like <laughs> like the only time she wished that she had a boyfriend kind yes! of them, and carries there making her mom's concoction in the blender. Whereas when Miranda hurt her neck and was oh my god, she, on she, the sends floor, Aiden. she sends Aiden. And then when she goes over there the next day to apologize and brings the bagels and they end up getting into that fight about the bullshit bagels because she didn't even bring cream cheese yeah because she she was coming over there with under the guise of apologizing but really it was because she wanted to talk about her stuff you know what this is bullshit yeah that's what i think no you you are bullshit you and your bullshit cheer me up bagels they're just a decoy so you could talk about aiden look you didn't even bring cream cheese I got the good bagels. It's bad enough you send your boyfriend to help me when I call you, but now the bullshit bagels. So I I think Carrie probably is a better friend to Samantha. But Mm. I think as far as like a a mature friendship and like a person who will hold you accountable when you need it Mm -hmm. and tell you the hard truths when you need it. I think Carrie and Miranda are are there more so. Samantha doesn't want to deal with hard truths understandably
0: here's where we're sh- one where she- carrie was shitty to samantha is when she walks in on samantha mm. with the ups guy
1: the worldwide
0: express oh guy. right and she's mean to samantha about it she is very judgmental and and it hurts samantha's she's very feelings judgmental. it's her and it but
1: hurts she samantha's- doesn't realize she's judgmental which is another through line with Carrie actually. But then even when
0: Samantha expresses to Carrie that it's her, her feelings, Carrie does like not receive that information well Mm -hmm. because Samantha's like, you're being shitty and Carrie's like, no, I'm not. I'm not judging you. And she's like, yeah, you are. Or at least that's how I feel, which is how Carrie should respond.
1: Yeah. And especially because Samantha has never judged Carrie exactly. for Exactly,
0: and, and Samantha says that too. She- if
1: I walked in on you
2: giving a blowjob to a worldwide express guy, you would never walk in on me because that is something I would never do. There.
0: And I cannot believe that you would judge me after everything that we've been through.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. So I think what we're uncovering is that Samantha and Miranda are pretty good friends and Carrie yeah. is a <laughs> shitty friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only thing I would say that I don't like how Miranda handled it is all of the, um, what's the Russian guy's name? Alexander Petrovsky. Petrovsky. I, I couldn't remember his last name. I didn't love how she handled that because I think she might have been right. In her feelings. I know she'd never liked Petrovsky and she
1: didn't like what in her feelings of of telling her not to go. Yeah. Well, like, no, in her
0: feelings of that, maybe it wasn't the best for Carrie to go and that and that it wasn't the best to be with Petrovsky. I, I think Miranda saw that Carrie wasn't being herself in that relationship as much as she could have been. And she kind of failed to communicate that to Carrie. Instead, it made it seem like she was being selfish for her, for Miranda, instead mm. of instead of making it about Carrie. I wish that I always when I watch those episodes and I see how it comes out and when they fight in the street after the funeral, I wish she was able to like get across to Carrie what she really meant. Because Carrie reads it completely wrong, that it's just Miranda having her own personal feelings and not Yeah, that wanting- she.
1: Right, she doesn't yeah. want to lose her and maybe she's a little jealous and whatever.
0: Yeah, but I don't really think that's true. And she doesn't, t- and I think it's the history of her being that way sometimes that makes Carrie read it that way. I think there's a way to s- disagree with your friend and give her advice while not coming off like you're judging her.
1: I The way I took Miranda's behavior when Carrie was leaving with Alec is that Miranda, Miranda was the only one of the three of them Who could foresee that Carrie wasn't going to be happy Mm. and who was willing to say it, despite knowing that it was probably going to hurt her and that she was going to be the one Carrie took it out on. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is if Miranda didn't have a
0: history of of ex- being judgy when she disagrees with something, Carrie might have listened to it in a different way. Because mm. if Miranda had come and said, "I don't know that I th- I don't think you're going to be happy," Carrie's first instinct was, "You're not going to be happy, so you think that I'm not going to be happy." And that's maybe not the conclusion she would have jumped to had the history between the two of them been more of a place of Miranda expressing her opinion, but not in a way that felt like she was judging Carrie's behavior, you know? Mm.
2: No, this is about you. No, you moved on, Charlotte's moved on, even Samantha's moved on. I can stay here and write about my life or I can go with him and live my life. You mean his life?
0: Carrie, I love you, come on.
2: Just say it, you don't like him. Fine, I don't like him. Then don't you go to Paris with him.
0: This is a little unconventional, and I don't know if you're going to let it slide, but I don't know. I couldn't make a decision. So I just wrote Chuck because I really couldn't pick one because my instinct was to pick Chuck and Blair, which felt like a cop-out because they're a couple. But I but I also think they have a strong independent friendship. Then I was going to pick Chuck and Nate, and then I was thinking, are they the strongest friendship of gossip girl and i really just think chuck is a banging friend to all of them he is there no matter what i just watched an episode i'm obviously not going to spoil it but he does something for serena even people who he's not that close to he really is so devoted as a friend and will just move mountains to do whatever it is they need even if it means dropping everything else that he's got going on to be there for them
1: What I think is interesting about Chuck is that, at least from what I've seen so far, I'm only partway into season two, Mm -hmm. is that the ways that he's shown loyalty so far seem to be. You would think that Chuck would do these big, grand things for, like, to stroke his own ego. But for example, one of the things I saw recently that I texted you about was when he sold his part in the burlesque club to give the money to Nate's mom Yes, and he didn't want Nate to know that that was happening. And it was that small detail of it that actually made me have like gain a little bit of respect for.
0: There's a very similar situation that I know you're going to love coming up at the end of season two that he does for Blair. And it's a very similar situation in which he's really not accepting any kind of credit because he's really just doing it for her. Mm. I just think he's a really great friend and the rest of them don't deserve him because a lot of times they are not great friends to Chuck. (laughs) Especially Serena in particular is not kind to Chuck. Nate's a good friend to Chuck, but even still, sometimes their stuff, Nate's not very nice to him a lot of times. Everyone just wants to expect the worst from Chuck and that's not unwarranted. But it seems like sometimes they could give him more of a break than they do. So that was my last sort of TV friendship. It's really Chuck as a friend to everybody else.
1: <laughs> I have two left. My second to last is Fiona and V. I have them on my list. I think we ended up talking about their friendship a little bit when we did our TV couples mm-hmm. episode, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to, go back and listen. It's one of our favorites. But I think the thing that makes me love Fiona and V so much is actually something that it's a quality that I find in a lot of the relationships on Shameless, which is that, I mean, they all go through really, really rough stuff all the time. And the way that Fiona and V are always there for each other. And the way that they like when one of them is struggling, the other one without questions steps in and helps them pick up what needs to be handled. Or when one of them is broken, the other one picks up the pieces. You just know that that they're going to be there for each other. And I think it's a really nice undercurrent of stability in an environment for both of them and and really all of them where there's so much instability. I think that's part of what helps keep them both feeling like tethered to the ground.
0: They are such a nice constant through Shameless because that's so atypical for the show. And they really are there. And what I like is that they don't ever have a sense of keeping score. They don't, they don't like to hold things because they, because each one of them goes through so much all the time that it would be easy to be like, how could you not do this for me? Like I did that for you. And they never do that. Like even if it might be uneven, which who knows if it even is like, maybe there's a case to be made that V does more for Fiona than Fiona does for V maybe, but that never even becomes a a topic of conversation because the two of them are just, no, they're there. And that they don't have to worry that there's some kind of element of IOU.
1: Yeah. It's almost like the same kind of feeling you get when you know a romantic couple is going to be together for life. Yes. Where it's like, we're doing this life together. So like your problems are mine. Yes. And while that sometimes can be a little codependent and unhealthy. (laughs) It doesn't for the most part, it doesn't feel that way between Fiona and v. It just feels like a healthy way of of being yeah. There for each it other.
0: never feels like one of them is taking van advantage of the other's help or or anything like that or taking them for granted. I think that they value each other the the same and
1: my last pick is I think one of the most unexpected friendships of the whole show, and that is Pam and Dwight. Oh, that's a great one specifically I mean there are so many great quiet sweet moments between Pam and Dwight but one of them that comes to mind is when she's sitting there like on like at the end of that hallway and Dwight goes and sits with her and he Mm -hmm. sort of tries to be tender with her and of course like he doesn't allow himself to get too vulnerable you know even when he does he like closes it up really quickly yeah but um but he loves Pam. And I think he even says that. He
0: does. Point. He says it a couple of times. And one time that I just thought of, I cannot remember who. I think it might have been that annoying sidetrack thing they brought in Kathy, like in the later seasons. I think I'm pretty sure they're in Florida. And Kathy says something to Dwight about how she doesn't understand what Jim sees in Pam. And Dwight's response is something like, really,
1: have you met Pam? Pam's awesome.
0: <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, have you met, have you spent any time with Pam? She's awesome.
1: There's also a time where he says, I don't know if it's in a talking head or what, but he says something about his friendship with Pam and liking Pam and, and basically like the only issue is that like Jim is in the way she, that she's with Jim. Yes. Or maybe he even says something about like a character defect is that she chose Jim or he says something <laughs> he like that. Does. I can't think of what it I is. I can't think of the exact quote too, but you're hundred <laughs> percent right. And then what also comes to mind is something that you um, pointed out, I think in an episode that we recorded that maybe isn't even up yet, which I'll let you say it since it was your, thing
0: the episode where um Holly and Dwight and Aaron are out looking for Michael because he was stranded at the gas station and Pam calls Dwight and while they're looking for Michael Pam says he she asks While you're out, could you pick up some paper towels and chocolate syrup? We have ice cream, so I thought we could Pam,
2: this isn't a shopping trip. This is a manhunt slash rescue mission.
0: Okay, I just, when you're done, or anytime it's convenient, I just thought since you're out... Pam,
2: I'm obviously going to get that stuff for you, so just shut up.
0: Okay,
1: well, it wasn't (laughs) obvious... He acts like such a little jerk sometimes, (laughs) but you know that he really does love and care for Pam and, like, will do anything. yeah.
0: I mean he calls her. Pam her be- his best friend in the last episode.
1: It's especially cute because even though somewhere way 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 deep down Jim and Dwight love each other, it's it's buried so deeply that like most of the time <laughs> they can't find it. And day to day the way he basically like hates Jim or is at war with Jim. For him to love Pam so much despite that. You know what I just
0: thought of? Uh, I think it might be what you were trying to think of. If not, it's another example where he says something similar. It's the episode where they go to um, Gabe's house for the Glee watch party and Cece won't go to sleep. and, And they're trying and Dwight is helping them and they're trying to convince him to continue helping. And Pam says something to Dwight like, Dwight? I've always considered us to be very good friends. Great friends. Remember your concussion? I do. But you
2: married my worst enemy. I know. Well, I think is a strong word because I think we have a really charming back and forth.
1: That is not what I was thinking about, but it's completely (laughs) a perfect example and also happens to be one of my favorite moments in the entire series of The Office. Yes! When Dwight reluctantly takes... Cece. Well, first he takes her cause he says something. What does he say? Something He's- like, Pam, if you can't get that baby to stop <laughs> crying, like I'm going to have to do it or something yes. like that. Yeah. And so he takes her and then he, of course, instantly soothes her. Yes. And, um, it's just so cute and funny because it's like a talent Dwight had all along that nobody knew about, and that like <laughs> he's reluctant to even have the talent. Yes, he's known all along that he soothes crying babies, guaranteed. Yeah, and then the way he like holds it over their heads and forces Jim to go get him pizza and beer, and then makes him feed it feed to it him, to him. <laughs> I, that's one of my favorite of all of The Office. I I can't I can't get enough of it. All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed this episode. Come find us on Instagram. We're at tickets, please pod.
0: And if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes and help
1: us grow. See you next time.